Hello and welcome to the Nashville Daily Podcast. I'm Stuart Deming. And I'm Aaron Pennington. Existing electric car battery plants in Tennessee announce expansion. Middle Tennessee's most luxurious resort opens up in Franklin. Plus, with new reports released from the state of Tennessee, they are projecting commute times would increase by 60%. We'll break down the heaviest areas affected by Nashville's growth. We'll talk about all of this and more on Nashville Daily. lot of talk about what's going on the roads today and uh some of those roads lead to a nice luxury resort that just opened up in franklin uh but if you're not into that if you're into making a little luxurious resort of your own and uh having your own home and if you're in the process of looking for that make sure to call or text brad reynolds here in nashville he can get you where you need to be you can go to thinkbrad.com to learn more call or text brad at 615-856-3270 for thinking nashville think brad all right so there's this huge factory being built in spring hill tennessee and it looks like they uh just green lighted another 275 million dollar expansion this this factory has not even opened yet and here's a photo of it from the nashville business journal of the size of this factory this is a car battery factory for gm general motors and they for electric vehicles for their electric vehicles yes uh they just announced another 275 million dollar investment this is a huge facility uh so the lithium-ion batteries assembled there will power uh, General Motors uh, electric cars such as their Cadillac Lyric SUV, which is rolling off the production facility line right now. Uh, this ranks as the third largest business investment in Tennessee history. Dang. The two hundred, uh, the extra two hundred seventy-five million dollars with their uh, GM and LG Energy first unveiled their uh, Ultium. Uh, I think I'm saying that right. Ultium Cells factory in April 2021 at a price tag topping two point three billion dollars <laughs> and a promised 1300 jobs dang and uh, of course the other two projects are the uh, <laughs> electric ford. vehicle battery related as well yeah so the ford campus at 5.6 billion dollars and then the newly announced uh 3.2 billion lg cam plant up in clarksville yeah so uh, a, a lot of a lot of cool stuff there also uh, looks like 1,700 jobs is now what's on the table there when fully operational, including the additional 400 positions that were formally announced in that uh, $275 million announcement. All right. If you are coming to Nashville and you want to stay outside of the city limits in a very beautiful area called Franklin, Tennessee, uh, it's one of the wealthiest areas in the United States. They just opened a brand new uh, resort down there that's a luxury resort. This is called South Hall. Uh, Here's an image of it from the Nashville Business Journal. Uh, This is over a 300-acre campus. They grow their own uh, food there on their gardens. They have a spa there. It's absolutely beautiful. Uh, Aaron and I had the opportunity to visit before it opened and it is amazing uh, i'm excited to see what and who is going to stay there yeah so let's uh let's scroll through some of the images of this place because uh it, it within these 325 acres 
They have a 62 room in okay. 16 cottages, 16 cottages, uh, a 15,000 square foot spa. Uh, they have an event space on the property. They have a lake on the property. It's a seven-acre lake. Look at this. They they have all of their orchards and vineyards there. This is amazing. They have two dining options and uh, a thirteen hundred tree apple orchard. Look at it. so. There's a walk-in shower. There's a bathtub. Yeah, that's incredible. They have a hydroponic and traditional greenhouse and a plethora of activities for guests. I'm excited. Oh, yeah. So pretty much it's uh, expensive. Yeah, it's uh, 800 <laughs> What is it, $800 a night minimum? Starting at $839 per night. So that's a mortgage that, in some areas of Nashville. That's for uh, their probably their minimum. Oh, which yeah. It goes their, up their, to, their, oh, yeah. their sizes start at less than 500 square feet, uh, and then they go up to 1529 do you think it's <laughs> uh, so? You, you've heard of Blackberry Farms, uh, and I've told you. I think here on the podcast about Blackberry Farms, in yes. Tennessee, and there's Blackberry Mountain. Uh, do you think it's going to have the um, the amount of people that know about that? I think it will. It, I think it's going to take four or five years. It's going uh, to take time to happen. Blackberry uh, has a has a a name. They've a made very a name for presence, themselves. Yeah, but I think South Hall would be one of those names in the next four or five years. Yeah, I think so as well. So uh, let us know. If you end up staying there, take some photos and yeah. videos and, and uh, let us know how the experience was. All right, let's head over to Explorers National Tip of the Day. For Explorers Nashville tip of the day, it's a great day to learn about some Nashville history. There's a huge thing that happened in the late 1800s called the Centennial Exposition, and the best place to learn about that is visiting the Parthenon. Yes, Nashville has a full-scale replica of the Parthenon from one, Athens, Greece. One would argue the only, only full-scale full replica. Full-scale, not, not, not even replica, the only full-scale Parthenon. Yeah, because the one in Athens is kind of a torn down uh, or other things <laughs> happen to it. Uh, but inside of the Parthenon, there's a little art exhibit. There is an exhibit on how the park was built and there is over a 40 foot statue of the Greek god Athena. It's about $10 per person. Goddess. Uh, there, it's about $10 per person and it is a great Nashville attraction. Yeah. So if you, if you go there, you know, hopefully it's not too, uh, too bad outside. Hopefully the rain has let up just a little bit, but if not, like Stuart said that, indoor place inside of the Parthenon is definitely, definitely a good attraction. Uh, if you go there and you're looking for it, it's on the backside of the Parthenon, depending on which way you're coming in. A lot of people miss it and don't even know it's there. Yeah. Uh, but it's on the, that's where the, the restrooms backside. are in the park as well. Yeah. So if you're looking for restrooms, it's on the backside. Yeah, there you go. So, uh, go visit the Parthenon that is explores national tip of the day. Today's episode of Nashville Daily is in part brought to you by Blessed Day Coffee. Uh, they are a local coffee roaster. You can use the code EXPLORE20 to take 20% off your checkout at blessedaycoffee.com. They also offer free delivery for the Middle Tennessee area. 
Uh, the last few days it's been raining and we haven't really experienced a Tennessee sunrise recently, uh, but we've partnered with them and this is one of our blends. This is the Tennessee sunrise blonde roast and hopefully we have a good sunrise here that you can enjoy a cup of coffee and a Tennessee sunrise. And we also have another blend with them and that is the Nashboro espresso roast. So we have a light roast and an espresso roast. These are both fantastic. So uh, make sure you use that discount. Head over to blessedaycoffee.com right now. All right. So yesterday, if you did not watch yesterday's episode, uh, we, we showed a video and we talked a little bit about the overview of Tennessee's plan to spend $26 billion into uh, relieving the current and expected congestion in Tennessee's roadways. And yes, that does include uh, the cities, Nashville, Chattanooga, Knoxville, Memphis, Middle Tennessee as a whole is, is, is kind of their its own classification uh, because it's not just happening in Nashville. Also, there are some other areas in uh, the Pigeon Forge, Sevierville area that they're addressing as well. They really are going statewide to address congestion based on future growth and trends and what we're seeing. And it's 26 billion is just to keep up with the expected growth and current congestion. So uh, yesterday we, we talked a little bit about that overview. Uh, the video showed a little bit of what TDOT's planning to do in their restructuring, their uh, public private partnerships, choice lanes. But today we're going to uh, zoom into their analysis of Nashville and see where are the problem areas, what are the the uh, expected commute times right now, uh, what kind of blockage are we seeing, and and then, you know, what might be expected for the future in that area, um, you know, because there's a lot of, of problem areas in Nashville, and uh, but the state has identified them all and what they hope to do, and we'll see some renderings of some expected fixes for some of these areas. Yeah, so first thing we need to highlight is some of the data that we're going over is from years previous, not the current situation. Uh, one of the blocks on this page that we're about to show is from 2019, and the orange block on the page, if you're watching on our YouTube channel, uh, is from, the, what was it, from 2016 16 to 2019. To so these are multi-year studies on the area. We're going to show 12 pages. Uh, we're not going to go into all of the details. If you want to dive deep into this, there's 93 pages, and it also has pages on the breakdown of the estimated cost for these things. But we just want to show this first just so you get an idea of what we're about to talk about over the next few minutes, uh, and then we're going to show some of the renderings of some of the changes that are going to happen. This is page 8 of 93, and this is Briley Parkway. Uh, it sees approximately, this is 2019, you have to keep in mind. So there's definitely been an increase in 2022 traffic. And that's due because of the airport. The airport is a mess right now. I passed the airport yesterday morning uh, around 830 in the morning. And there was a line going into the airport that basically had traffic stopped to Briley Parkway. Ooh. Uh, so it's a whole different experience today. So this data is coming from <laughs> 2019. Uh, on average, Briley Parkway sees approximately 65,000 vehicles daily with its highest volumes observed just north of Lebanon Pike. So right where that changes into 40, uh, approximately 9% of traffic along the corridor is commercial vehicles. 
All right. So let's look at the trend to the past three years. Uh, the largest deterioration in the AM and PM uh, peak congestion was seen just east of I-24, where traffic speeds have decreased 40 percent wow. during those peak hours. Uh, so on average, there's nearly 630 bottlenecks occur on Briley Parkway in a five-month span. The most significant bottleneck on the corridor occurs south of I-40 for northbound travel. On average, the bottleneck occurs daily, affects 1.8 miles of a roadway, and takes approximately 57 minutes to clear. Yeah, that's a long time. Uh, and then they have a little more. They have a little <laughs> bit more breakdown here, and this is on almost every area in Nashville. So this is very detailed. Uh, good for whoever did this type of study and research. Uh, they worked on this for a long time. Uh, but yeah. they have at a glance AM congestion. The average peak speed is 53 miles an hour. The lowest speed in the AM is 34 miles per hour. PM the average speed is 51 miles an hour. The lowest speed is 20 miles per hour. Uh, then it gives you a breakdown of the bottlenecks. And then it talks about how many bus riders go on this lane every single month. Uh, there's about 8,859 bus riders that there's no uh, bus riders that go on Briley Parkway per month. Uh, there's no bike lanes or there's no pedestrian uh, levels. I yeah. Guess. And, and and we're not going to go through all of these stats for every single road. We're just going to uh, talk about the average volume. Yeah. So let's go to Charlotte Pike and okay. Charlotte Pike. Uh, it has major problems in one area in particular, and that is essentially leaving the inner loop of downtown Nashville into where the lanes expand past Briley Parkway. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's where we see a, the, a lot of the congestion from Charlotte Pike. Uh, so let, let's take a look at what is occurring here on, uh, on Charlotte Pike. So uh, on average, vehicles are traveling at 33 miles an hour during the morning peak. Uh, slowest traffic occurs uh, west of the inner loop. So, uh, and uh, right just outside of that inner loop, probably going both ways. Stoplights there are a pain in the butt. And they're not timed correctly. No, they are timed uh, horribly. So, there's over 400 bottlenecks occur on Charlotte Pike in a five month span. The most significant, uh, as Aaron mentioned, is on the corridor occurs near I-40. Yeah, so and also in between where uh, 40, 440, and 65 are located, uh, slowest traffic occurs at the inner loop where vehicles are traveling at 17 miles an hour. Uh, at this location, a.m. and p.m. peak hour travel speeds have decreased in the past three years by 16% and 13% respectively. Wow, that's crazy. Uh, what's the next page that we're going to, Aaron? Um, so let's go to next and take a look at page 15, which is Franklin Road or Franklin Pike, depending on uh, uh, it's what a, you call it. It has like six names in between now and then. Uh, so Franklin Road, this is technically Franklin Road is going to be south of Franklin Pike. No, Franklin Pike is south of Franklin Road. It converts into different names. Yeah. So, uh, so the area that it's giving is essentially south of 440. Yes. So uh, basically f uh, from Woodmont Boulevard all the way down to Hatcher in Franklin. Uh, on average, this sees about 20,000 vehicles a day with the approximately 11% of traffic along the corridor is commercial vehicles. So in the past three years, the largest... Uh, Deterioration in AM congestion was observed just south of Moore's Lane, okay. where traffic speeds have decreased by 10% in the past three years. Wow. Uh, like, if you think about that, if if it 
and that was before the pandemic. We know things have gotten worse. So if things are, you know, decreasing every three years by 10%. So it'd be 20% now. It, hypothetically. It, it could be 20% now or more. Um, and then we're, we could be looking at, you know, this is one of those places. Uh, it, this is interesting as well. During the PM peak, the most significant deterioration in congestion was observed near Woodmont Boulevard and Thompson lane where speeds have decreased approximately 20 percent and it's that's so, over the past three years that's yeah. 2016 to 2019 probably worse now could be uh you know could be 40 percent yeah. of a speed decrease uh now in 2022 could be 60 percent 60 percent by 2040 by no, no, in by this trend yeah. uh 2025 Five. yeah that's that's crazy all right what's <laughs> the, the next page we're going to Aaron? Oh, okay. So right now let's go to page 19, which is Harding place. And you'll notice a lot of patterns are South and East of Nashville for a lot of this. All right. So here's a a little map of Harding place. Uh, So basically it's South of Nashville. They see approximately 26,700 vehicles a day. 12% of that is commercial vehicles. And uh, in the past three years, AM peak speeds along the corridor have decreased by nearly 7%. Why PM peak hour speeds have decreased by 8%. This was 2016 to 19. Remember that I'm going to say it's decreased by more like by 20% now. It is so so bad. This is crazy. On average, during the PM congestion, this is on average. This is not, let's take the lowest number. On average, for the the lowest speeds in the PM congestion is eight miles an hour. That's crazy. Oh my gosh, it's, it's so bad right now. One point eight miles to, of congestion to clear every single day, and it usually takes twenty eight minutes approximately to clear that. All right, so I think the next we're going to is interstates, and we're going to yeah, highlight let's, the let's interstates go to for a second. The Audubon. Uh, so this is I-24. This is page 24. They make it. You get it? I-24, <laughs> I wonder if they page did that. It makes, yeah, it makes you wonder if they did that on purpose. Of 93 pages. Imagine if they were on 23. They're like, you know what? If we just added like one more cover page, yeah, we, just, we could, we yeah, could make we I-24 could, be on page well, there, 24. There is a cover page that's completely blank, and they probably <laughs> did that intentionally. I guarantee you. Good for them. <laughs> uh, so this is, as you remember, after 2019. So this is the I-24 uh, corridor that they're talking about, basically down to Murfreesboro, uh, past 840. And on average, this sees 138,000 vehicles a day, with 18% of that being commercial vehicles. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so here's where it gets real bad. Uh, In the past three years, AM peak hour speeds along the corridor have decreased by 4%. That's not terrible. With the largest deterioration seen for westbound traffic just south of the I-440 merge, peak hour speeds at this location have decreased by 46%. Kind of makes me want to throw up. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> PM peak hour speeds have deteriorated by 8% across the corridor with large uh, with the large decrease observed between the I440 I24 I440 merge and the inner loop peak hour speeds at this location have decreased by 42%. Traveling wow. along the interstate, uh we are seeing where are those numbers of miles per hour? They don't have uh, right here. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> they changed it up a little bit. <laughs> During during your uh, your PM congestion, your average lowest speed is nine miles an hour. That feels about right. And AM, it's ten. That fe- that feels peak average correct. speed, thirty two. 
you're going for AM and PM on average, you're going 32 miles an hour. That's on a what the speed limit 70 is 70 mile an hour interstate. Yeah. But it changes that far. <laughs> it's at 55. So you have to keep that in mind too. Uh, all right. So now we're going to look at the westbound lane. So this is uh, basically north of the downtown inner inner loop. On average, this is basically going up to Clarksville now. Uh, 97,000 vehicles a day with only 19%. Actually, that's high. 19% of its commercial vehicles. Jeez. And that's all of the distribution plants between Clarksville and Nashville. Oh, my gosh. Um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, average speed, 58 miles an hour. So double, uh, a lot better. Uh, still not great, yeah, but, but a lot over better. Fifteen hundred bottlenecks, and that happens down towards. <laughs> Let's say the what, what did it say for I twenty four? Thirty eight hundred bottlenecks. Oh, that's a whole different thing. <laughs> for I twenty four east. Wow, jeez. All right, so let's go to I-40 East. Uh, so this is going into the inner loop from basically Mount Juliet and the Lebanon area. On average, 100,000 and one vehicles a day with only 15% being commercial uh, vehicles. S- still 3,200 bottlenecks in there. I'm, I'm excited to get to the inner loop to see how many commercial vehicles are on the inner loop. Uh, it's going to be a lot. It's it's right. going to be insane. We're going to look at I-40 West now. Average is 96,000 vehicles of 17% being commercial vehicles. Uh, and then this is going to be west of the inner loop. Only uh, 930 bottlenecks. That's not terrible. Not not terrible compared Lowest to... and the PM is 15 miles an hour. Compared to uh, I-40 East of 3,200 bottlenecks, 930 West side of town is where it's at. And this is uh, this is interesting how they have this major uh, major bottleneck breakdown. It has happens thrice weekly. Weekly. <laughs> That's a tongue twister. All right. They're uh, probably like, hey, special circumstance. How do we how do we do this? It only happens about three times a week. They're like thrice weekly. Thrice weekly. Okay. So now we're talking about I-65 North. This oh, is uh, f- from S- Sumner County to Davison County border. Uh, this sees approximately 139,000 vehicles a day. Uh, it's probably a little bit more than that since 2019. Approximately yeah. 16% of its commercial vehicles. I was expecting that to be a lot more than 16%. I was too. Uh, all right. So let's take a look at uh, 880 bottlenecks there. Uh, major bottlenecks happen multiple times daily. This is one of those routes, especially once you're in the just a little bit south of that in that inner loop. Uh, where it's this is one of those places where it it almost does not matter what time of the day you're going. This is slow. It's more in the inner loop than this portion, um, but uh, your average speed's about 58, 53 miles an hour, depending on the uh, time of day, which is it's not terrible compared to I-24. But and I I-24 makes everything else seem fantastic. Yes. With, but everything true. else is not fantastic. I-24 just makes it seem that way. Yeah. So what's really interesting about this one is I believe these studies were conducted before the construction of the uh, three lanes uh, past the uh, Veterans Boulevard or whatever that corridor is that goes into Sumner County. Mm. Um, So it's interesting because it's gotten so much worse recently. All right. Let's talk about I-65 South. Uh, This goes down to Williamson County. Uh, or a little bit past it. On average, this sees 135,000 vehicles a day, and 11% is commercial vehicles. All right. Uh, so let's do I-440 just for fun. 
Um, I four forty serves one hundred twelve thousand and three hundred vehicles daily. Eight percent is commercial vehicle. I will say, thank God it's they redid I four forty. It would have been so. It's I four forty is so much of a better experience now. Yep. Um, and most of since this, most of this the study was conducted when it was under construction. Yeah. The personally, where I see a lot of bottlenecks now is kind of. When you're going towards that I-24, I-40, I-440 area, passing 65, and going towards the I-24 area. All right, so we have uh, a few more pages that we wanted to cover on this. Aaron, what was the next So let's page? let's find the inner loop, oh, here we are, here we are, right which here. is page 32. All right, so on average, the inner loop. So if you don't know what the inner loop is, it's where all the interstates come together in downtown Nashville. On average, this sees 126,000 vehicles a day. <gasps> and this is very low. I thought this was going to be a lot higher. Approximately 13% of traffic along the corridor is commercial vehicles. There's, there's no way. It has, to, <laughs> it has to be closer to 30 there's, yeah, it there's, really does. There's, there's no way. All right, so let's see um, congestion trends here. Uh, the past three years. So again, keep in mind this is 2016 to 2019. Uh, the traffic speeds decreased by 27 percent during the AM peak in the past three years. That's not terrible. 2016 to 2019. Uh, the, yeah, compared to some of these, some of these, none of them are great. But you know, we have I-440 to take all the records. Uh, the largest uh, decrease was seen um on the west side in the pm peak right off the, of charlotte the, avenue yeah the west side of the inner loop near charlotte where traffic speeds have decreased by 46 percent and now it's probably during 70, the pm peak 70 percent it's pretty dang bad over 1800 bottlenecks occurred in on the inner loop in a five month span uh, the most significant bottleneck on the corridor occurs more than twice per day yep. on the south side of the inner loop between second and fourth, uh, fourth avenues. On average, the bottleneck affects 3.5 miles of roadway, 3.5 miles. That's one of the longest so far. So I, I just want to, we're going to transition now. Uh, so if you want to get deep into this, it, it dives deep, but we're going to talk about the cost of what it would take to fix second Avenue and fourth Avenue. Uh, let me <laughs> scroll down. To, I think it's like page 55. Yeah. It's, it's way down there. Uh, it was a very hefty cost. Uh, they're estimated to spend $7 billion in middle Tennessee or in just this middle Tennessee area uh, to fix congestion. And this is the inner, loop and this really stood out to me because this was the highest number uh so the second avenue uh to fourth avenue reconfiguration is going to cost over two billion dollars which is insane oh my gosh all right it's a mess and if you (laughs) you know exactly where i'm talking about yeah it's where the three interstates come together it's so it's so bad it is so so bad bad. like i say it every single day i drive it because i've been driving it every single day recently (laughs) and i'm like this is the worst area of nashville yeah there's some really bad areas of nashville (laughs) but uh so let's look at something that's also interesting on this uh pdf and that is uh, the I think it's in two places. One is Lebanon Pike, and the other one, uh, and the other one is uh, I can't remember the other one. Um, but essentially, oh, the, Nolan, the renderings uh, Thompson Lane, Thompson so you, Lane, and Nolansville. Yes. Uh, there are a lot of renderings on here that we're going to skip past. We're going to look at one in particular that really caught our eye, and that is how some of these 
intersections are going to be handled. Essentially, what is going to happen is at these intersections. So, for example, Nolensville and Thompson Lane, what's going to happen is for the stoplight portion of this, uh, if you need to turn on to a different lane, if you need to turn on from Nolensville to Thompson, you will have to essentially get into the middle of the lane and go on a raised new road mm-hmm. that will then allow you to turn and then you merge onto Thompson if you're turning left or right. If you are uh, going straight through uh, from Thompson to Thompson or Nolensville to Nolensville, I believe this is the way it's structured, you will then just continue right underneath that bypass or the the raised turning area so we have a few renderings that'll show that so th- this rendering right here it's it, it doesn't give much details you're like what is happening like what are these middle things are and then if you scroll down the page it breaks it down a little bit more and it shows you this example uh of this rendering let me zoom in on this and so this is if you're turning onto that different lane. So it's going to have all of these different red light systems. It's going to be this elevated area where they take away that median. They should have made it like an elevated roundabout. Oh, that would have been cool. Yeah, that would, that would have been, been a lot better. That would be so much more efficient. I like how it has a fire truck and a little like Coca-Cola truck there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but this oh, the Department of Virginia. That yeah. Makes sense. Uh, but this is a, if you want to get more into the weeds of this, this is what this looks like with like the raised elevated bridge. Yeah. Uh, so again, this is 93 pages. We went through like 15 pages of this to highlight the congested areas um, and and a lot of the cost of projects and what they're going to be doing to fix it are in this PDF as well. So have fun. Scroll through here. See ha- how much money is being spent on this. Do you think it will solve the problem? No, I do not. Ooh. I, uh, I think it's going to increase dramatically, and uh, we'll talk more about that tomorrow or on Monday. <laughs> I mean. All right. We will see you guys on Monday. Have a great weekend. Thank you for listening to Nashville Daily. To learn more about today's episode, visit NashvilleDailyPodcast.com. And to stay connected, head to our Discord and you can find the link at NashvilleDailyPodcast.com slash connect. Nashville Daily is now offering tours. If you'd like to take a tour of downtown Nashville, head to the link in the show notes or find out more details at NashvilleDailyPodcast.com. Nashville Daily Podcast is an Explore.Nash production, copyright 2022.